The MX Vice Show. Welcome to a stacked episode of the MXY Show podcast. We're at episode 42 and we'll be breaking down the last two MXGP rounds. So there's plenty for you to listen to over the next couple of hours. The MXY Show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Props Racing Parks, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Evenstrokes, Kawasaki UK and Talon Engineering. As you can see, everything is picking up some steam. It's 2021 draws near. So if you want to be involved in the MX Vice show, then contact lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. Are you looking for more contributors then, Lewis? No, I just, I, I had some inquiries in that video, so I figured we, we should probably put that out there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Fly Racing in the last few weeks have been on board. As you probably, if you've been listening to the last couple of weeks, you can, you've probably heard us talk about Fly Racing and new Formula Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed again. We need to get our hands on a formula helmet, Lewis. Well, I've had my hands on one, but not a personal one. Nor do I ride, so I don't need one. But I have seen one, and uh, yeah. I would actually quite like another one, just to look at closer because i've kind of my memories fading what just a, a a normal helmet or or are we talking about a personal helmet brilliant that's quite hilarious okay thank you so how are you you obviously survived how many covid tests did you have in the last week uh i only had two so a lot less than other people which is good okay which is good okay. at 70 euros a pop jesus oh they're coining it in latvia i would have had to walk home if i'd had more than two was that actual the Latvian government there taking the COVID tests? I don't really know who it was. Honestly, it was a woman who was had so much protection on that I um, could not tell you who she was or even if she was like a real human. Okay. Okay. Great to have you guys uh, with us again. Episode 42. Never thought we'd make it this far. I'm in the studio. Lewis is at home with Dougie the dog. And uh, in the studio with me is Rob from Jukebox Beats, who manages to put this absolute car crash together each week and make us sound quite good. So. Tooting your own horn there, making us sound quite good. I wouldn't go that far, but. <laughs> All right. Well, speak for yourself. So three back-to-back -back GPs. Obviously, we talked about the first one. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the whole format first? Uh, well, I quite liked it, to be honest with you. And um, my main takeaway 
is, do you remember when we had the MXGP Festival at Matterley in 2012? Yep, I remember it. And it had, like, vets and 65s and basically, you name a class, it had it. Yeah. Um, and it was, I think it was Thursday to Thursday through Sunday. Not a fan I was because I don't like it was too much. Like I go to a GP for MXGP and MX2 and like EMX250. Like add in vets and all of this, and it's like I I just need to like it blurs it a little bit. I need to see MXGP and MX2, but I can't see past a bloody vet rider. But could this not be an MXGP festival where once a year, different country each year, maybe base it around national holidays where? Even with a regular calendar, you have a Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday thing at one track, and it's an MXGP week-long festival. Camping's open all week, blah, blah, blah. Once it's all back to normal, like, yeah, so it's open all week, camping's open all week, fans are there all week. Monday, you bring the riders back in for sign-ins and, like, have a stage and doing, like, interviews. And, like, I feel like this could be something quite cool in the future. Not that it will probably happen, but cool. my thoughts. Cool. No, I, I I liked it because there were so many races. Like obviously, within such a short period of time, what was the what what did the riders actually think? Everyone, everyone's just in the, the, that weird position where like we're just happy to be here, kind of thing. Okay, that's kind of the everyone everyone's main um, uh, stance They're, on everything now is well, we're just happy to be racing. Yeah. They're not actually thinking about this as a, a future kind of cool event. They're actually just well, no, everyone. Everyone wants one day format. That is what people want, but no one's really mentioned doing the Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday thing in the future. Because why would you? Okay, it's a bit strange. It's a bit strange to be doing that now, but everyone kind of sees it as like warranted given the situation. But if you actually put this into a regular season, it would be like out of this world. That's interesting that so many riders were actually saying they, they enjoyed a one-day format. Of course, well, of course they do. Imagine if I told you that you could come into MX Vice or even Strokes or wherever you work now. One less day. That'd be terrible. I love my work. Okay. No, the main reason they say that is because it's, one, it's um, less risk, obviously, because you're taking out a day of riding and a, and a moto in the, with the qualifier. I think was... I mean, Rob's nodding his head now because I think it was, what, seven episodes ago I was talking about this and you rubbished it. What? I said that it's way better getting rid of their qualifying because qualifying's for nothing on a Saturday and let's move to a one day. Yeah, I'm not, I hate it. I want two days of racing. I don't want to be there one day. This, on, this is the way forward. No. This is how you keep more riders healthy. I will put up with it this year, but I want to see two days of racing. I, I like leaving the track on Saturday having had a little taste, then being more excited after seeing like, oh, well, so-and-so's got last gate picks. How's that going to work? And oh, it was muddy today, but weather looks good tomorrow. So going to be completely different. Like, I like that. Right? Whereas in Latvia, it all felt very rushed. Turned up to the track, blinked and left. And I was like, what the? That's basically how it went. Yeah, but you know that these weekends aren't just about you. Well, they should be. Were um, the riders pleased to see you, spending that much time with you over a week? I don't think anyone's ever pleased to see me. I'm more like a bad smell that you can't get rid of. <laughs> and I'd imagine that a few riders were like, oh, well, it's been five months. And then like uh, 10 minutes after the second moto, they see me all plodding along. And they're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did any riders give you any shit? No. 
Well, Jazz Well, I don't. I can't figure out if Jazz Akonis likes me. What? Why would you say that? Well, he says that I talk a lot of shit on him on the podcast, <laughs> but I don't feel like I do. And I commented on his Instagram before his moto win, actually. The day before his moto win, uh, on Wednesday, he posted a photo with the caption, prove them wrong. And I felt personally attacked by this. So I just commented, I always believed in you. And he replied, I strongly doubt it. So like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he went on to win a moto the next day. So I always believed in him. It's in black and white. There we go. So just just Dazakonis, did anybody else have anything to um, say? To you? I'd like to point out that quite a few riders do listen to this show and a lot of riders find the even strokes are you smarter than a birth segment to be hilarious. Really? Yes. So that's not going anywhere. That's but very comforting. For everyone out there, James is feeling a bit low because he feels like this podcast has turned into a pick on James show. So as well as the even strokes are you smarter than a birth segment, I now have an even strokes gold star. And when I feel like, like school, when I feel James has made a good contribution to the show, I will be giving him the even strokes gold star. Which is very exciting. I feel like that's just as much, I feel like that's just as much fun as the game, really. <laughs> and don't, get, don't, don't be fooled. If I feel you haven't contributed, fuck all. I will be keeping my gold star. This ain't no pity party. I know where I'm going to put the gold star. And on that note, if there was gold stars given out, our presenting sponsor of the first half is Talon Engineering. Industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets, teams like Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, Factory Racing USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, Build-Based Honda, and more. Put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Okay, so I don't believe that. It's just Jazz Okonos. There must have been more. What about Mitch Evans? Did he give you any shit? I actually didn't see Mitch at all. Not once, oh. which is weird. But, but what, I imagine... Because Mitch is not up front, so you didn't bother speaking to him? No, I genuinely just did not even see his face once. Not wandering around, not mourning, not after... Like, genuinely did not even see him at all. Like, we, I even thought to myself, that's weird. I normally see him everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what, about, what about Calvin Vlanderen? Did he give you any shit? Uh, I've been very high on Vlanderen, so he has nothing to give me shit about. Okay. I'm actually very, I'll probably be very high on him in this show as well because uh, Monday, oh no, not Monday, Sunday, first Sunday, geez, I'm going to be struggling with days a lot in this show, so bear with okay. me. Actually, on that note, genuinely feels like I was in Latvia for a month. Can't believe it was 10 days because Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday felt like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday to me. So in my head, I just was there for three weekends, which was basically a month. So one thing I was going to say to you, what, what, did all the riders then pretty much stay at the track for, for over a week? Yeah, this, this really screwed up my plans. I thought all the riders would be in Riga. There was no one. Every single rider was basically either at the track or near the track, which is an hour away from Riga. So that really screwed up my plans. I was quite unhappy about that. felt it was a oh, minor man. inconvenience to me. But that must have been quite a... Uh an issue for those guys because they must have got there on the on the what Thursday Friday before the GP mm-hmm. and then they were there until so they were there for a good eight or nine days at one track yeah but you've got what is the issue they got their own space they got their own space they got it's basically just hanging out for a week isn't it you don't have to travel 
every rider would take that over getting on a plane. I guess so. I guess you, so. I'm pretty I just, sure you would probably take that over getting on a plane, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm not getting on a plane for ages. I have no, there's not even, how was it on the plane anyway? Fine. What What was All that right. picture? I'm, I'm going to share a picture, but why did you no, put the mask over your eyes? Because I wanted to sleep. So I covered my mouth, nose, and eyes. Genius. Okay. Right. Okay, I don't think that was healthy, but did anybody like ask you what you were doing? No, because it was an early flight. Also a bad move. 6am flight on Monday was not fun, and I'm actually still struggling now, over 24 hours later. <laughs> what time did you get up for the, uh, what time did you get up to go to the airport? I don't even know. It was all a blur. <laughs> but equally, actually, I've got a question. I've got a question. I wanted to ask okay. you this privately, but I'm going to ask you here now. Oh, so, great. And also, you might discipline me over this. So on the way to the airport, I needed to fill up with fuel, obviously, because you've got to return your rental car with, uh, full. You didn't um, bother? No, I did. At 5 a.m., I pulled into a petrol station, two minutes from the airport. Uh, it okay. was a brand new car, had done 11 kilometers, and it was a diesel. Uh, so I opened a petrol flat, could not get the nozzle in for the life of me. Like, literally stood there for 10 minutes. Think, like, there was a white cap on the inside stopping the nozzle from going in. Because it was the wrong size nozzle. No, so it was diesel. Petrol I, or no, diesel. It, no, it, no, it even said on the cap uh, B7 and the fuel I was using was B7. I have no, like, to, I have no idea. And I need to ring them and be like, yeah, you're not charging me for petrol because there was some bloody white thing stopping me from putting diesel in it. Okay, I'm, I'm unaware of that. I, want, yeah, I wanted to ask you because I know you've had diesel vehicles. So I wanted to know if this white thing was a diesel issue no the, the only thing i can think of is if you actually tried to um pull into a truck stop and um try because no, it was a because it was a white cat it went in the hole but past the hole was like a white barrier that i couldn't get the nozzle past but it was it was definitely white not pink well that's relevant i'm just saying it was definitely a it was definitely a white hole and not a pink hole I haven't checked the invoice, but I imagine they charged me quite a lot for not filling it back up. But I need to ring them and be like, well, it was your fault. What the hell is this? All I can think is that because it was a brand new car, there was some, some kind of safety catch on it that they hadn't removed. Um, okay, so that's great. You've just incurred more expense for the business. Yeah. Well, and then add in the 70 euro bloody COVID tests. Yeah. It wasn't a cheap week, was it, for us? No, but then you've got to think about it. it is a, like, normally a GP is four days. We were there for 11. Like, that's going to cost. Yeah. Did you get any room service or? Well, actually, if you want to talk about me being a bloody genius, so parking at the hotel was 120 euros. Uh, Guess how much I paid? 120 euros? Nope, zero. How how did you get away with that? Um, Well, I I wasn't happy with the parking from before I even got there. So I was always in my head that I wasn't going to pay. Um, And then I went to leave on the last day and it wouldn't let me out of the car park because it said I needed to go and pay. So I was like, shit. Like, but I thought I was going to get away with this. So I walked in and went, oh, yeah, I need to leave the car park. And the guy went, oh, you haven't paid for parking. And I was like, yeah, I have. I've paid for parking. Obviously, I hadn't. Hope that Radisson in Riga isn't listening to this. You see, so basically lied. I said to them, no, I haven't paid. So they swung their computer screen around and went, it says here you haven't paid. We need 120 euros. And then genius move by me, genius, I went, well, I've got a flight to catch, and I know I've already paid. I'm willing to pay again now, but I'll be calling for a refund as soon as I get home. And they were like, and let me go. Because 
my, that statement was such a confident statement that they were like, fuck, he's serious. So, so basically, we were supposed to pay 120 euros. MX yep. Vice had to pay 120 euros yep. and you lied. Yep. And, and not only that, but you've actually just said that on a podcast show. You know what? I'm going to take your gold star for that. <laughs> just, I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I, was, I thought you'd be quite impressed. 120 euros. I didn't pay. Yeah. 10 euros that's... a day. Have a, like, have a laugh. That's great going. Well done, Lewis. Thank you. For, for saving the company $120 and also for me now appearing in court for you for lack of payment of car parking i didn't like, i didn't threaten the guy he let me go did you get any uh any flashes from the speed cameras oh, i found one on the last day but i didn't know it was there oh yeah that's gonna hurt because <laughs> i, I had I, I knew where a lot of them were from all the previous years so i had it dialed every day like knew exactly when to slow down and then the last drive to the track i was just plodding along and i was like hang on and there was a speed camera that I didn't never knew was there, which I presume is the one that's got me every other year. And it flashed? No, I didn't see. Well, I saw it once I'd gone past it, but I presume it had done. It did flash at some point in the 10 days. Cause... So what's that, 120 euros? I don't know, but I'm um, seen as I save a business that, I guess I can. I guess the business will pay much for my speed and fine. <laughs> so basically, you save 120 euros on car parking, and then we spend it on your speeding. Well, it could have been 240 otherwise, so you're welcome. Oh, we are winning. Okay, let's get back to why we're here. Um, what did you think about... Do you know why uh, we're here? <laughs> I, do, I do, yeah. <laughs> the one thing which um, I was going to ask you about, because obviously I'm hoping you spoke to him at some point, was um, what Hurlins thought of his performance over, over the week. <laughs> okay, first of all, have you, you listened to my podcast from the first race? Yeah. Guessing you didn't follow in that. No, I didn't listen to any okay. of the podcasts after. But I did listen well, to um, him talk about it was basically he's happy with, um, you know, a load of four of the third. In so you did like listen that. to the podcast? I don't know if it was your podcast or listen to him being interviewed by somebody else. Am Brilliant. I, I, I think it... No, I tell you what, it was on... Because um, I was watching on MXGP TV, so it was, he was talking about it on there. Brilliant. Well, I interviewed him on Wednesday and Sunday. So, lucky you. Yeah. Also, before we get to that, can can we can we um just explain to people the issues that we've had? See that some people might not have seen this interview. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, you may not see this. Probably best if you talk about this because I'm being emotionally charged. Yeah. So whilst we were um in Latvia, unfortunately, the MX Voice website, which is bless it, it's been it's been like patched together for for a little while. And um, it kept going, a bit like uh, an old bike. We upgraded it with a few parts, but at the end of the day, it just needed a rebuild. So we thought we could last out until uh, after Latvia. However, we didn't anticipate uh, the amount of people who were coming into uh, MX Manager. We seem to have caused a little bit our own issues due to uh, being a little bit successful. And the amount of traffic which came onto the website. So usually we can we use we used to use uh, Rackspace servers, really really good. Uh, we've had the same servers for like four years and um, ne- never been a problem. Site's not been a, an issue and stuff like that. However, the website's grown, put a lot of strain on the website and MX Manager, and it just died. It just 
it just started to disintegrate literally between the first and the second GPs, which was, I think, literally over that weekend and the Monday and Tuesday was quite bad when we were doing a podcast. So we knew that we had to make an executive decision. We'd already been building a website in the background, which we were hoping to do what we call beta test and you like phase it out and we'd switch over and it all runs nicely and no one really knows any difference until they, they see the new front end and go, oh, new website. Really, we've been running the new website for a couple of months. We didn't get to do that. Basically, the website shit itself. That's the best way of uh, being technical about this. Uh, the website just died. And we had no option but to put our website, which we didn't even beta test, up. So we had to put our new website up. Uh, as you can see, it looks a little bit different because we haven't had a chance to, to you know, cross the T's and dot the I's. So, yeah. Uh, that's uh, the most non-technical way of of discussing what's happened. It was it's been a horrific four or five days. Lewis has had three strokes, literally. Oh, and we're not honestly, it was probably it. the worst week between. It was already going to be a stressful week with three GPs in a row, but adding this, and oh my god, I'm still so, I'm still in recovery now. So you can see what it's like. Um, so not only did uh, we we had to go through this, we had to go through. Uh, Lewis, obviously, going through issues of, about the issues, which is, you know, no, no one needs that. No one needs that in their life. But anyway, so uh, what we've got now is we've got uh, a new website, which is up and going. We're on Amazon Web Services. So it's not quite up and going yet. No, we're going to probably have a few more turbulent days. Um, Lewis is probably going to cry a little bit more. No, I think it sounds days. like a, it will, this will go out Wednesday. It sounds like there's a chance we'll be back to normal then. But if, if you have trouble, then this is why. Yeah. But what we're going to do is we've had to escalate our plans. So we've obviously got a, a brand new website built from the, from the bottom up, um, which we're testing daily. Uh, we've got a new front end to the MX manager. So it's really, really cool. Really, really nice. User-friendly. Um, so basically, what we were going to be rolling this out over the next couple of months, we've actually had to basically do two months' work in three days. So it's been a bit of a stressful uh, week. So first, I'd like to personally apologize because this is down to me. Um, yep. Lewis does the content bits and pieces. I'm the technical guy. And I was uh, plodding along nicely, getting all this planned and done. And, and sometimes just shit happens, and that's what happened. So we'd done the best that we could. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't great. And for the first time ever, we missed a round of, of MX Manager, which I think we've been doing this since 2013, I think. So we've had a bloody good run. It's been very minimal to the issues that we've ever had on MX Vice because we are quite technically driven. Uh, however, you know, shit happens. We got caught out this time and, and that was it. So it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride for the next few days. And then... Um, Hopefully, you guys are going to start to see the benefit of what we've been working on for the past eight months. So um, literally, the, the whole time that COVID's been on, we've been working on this whole process. So hopefully, um, you will forgive us for our transgressions over the last uh, week, what you've experienced. And um, Lewis will come out of rehab, and we're all going to be happy together, one big family. Is, is that okay, Lewis? Yeah. Um, Do you feel uh, better now? Yeah, big things coming. though, once the website's back up and going, because I've I've got a bit of a got a bit of a uh, thing to prove, haven't I? 
Uh, I'm not sure what that I'm is. I'm like Geyser. Um, I'm like Geyser coming back. I've lost points, but I'm ready to. The only good thing which I will say about the website is we've got some very, very cool features which we were going to be putting out at the end of the year. And lucky for you guys now, because everything's been escalated, they're going to be rolled out over the next month. So we've got uh, an amazing thing coming, which is um, basically a vault of MXGP. We've got all the results going back from 1953, I think, uh, right away up to today. So um, pretty much all the information with tracks, the whole lot. So... Um, Lewis is going to wet his pants because there's going to be stats galore. And, and you guys are just going to find yourself kind of lost for a good couple of hours with a, with a few beers, kind of reminiscing on um, when we were kids and looking back at GP. So it's going to be very, very cool. So we've got that. We've got the site's going to be updated automatically with results and bits and pieces going forward. And we're also going to be bringing in uh, things like the AMA results, British Championship, other championships, so and also Supercross. So. We got some cool stuff, cool stuff which is happening, um, which definitely will make up for um, the last few days. But you know, just obviously again, just to apologise for that one. So, Lewis, uh, can we get back to what I brought up, which was Jeffrey yep. Hurley? Because that feels like I, ages ago. Huh? I know, and, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because we were adamant that he was going to come out and absolutely demolish people this year. You know literally massive thing to prove after like the injury last year. And we, we, I believe that he would come out and, and dominate. You, you kind of said that he was going to, I can't remember what the percentage you put on there, 80% or something. A crazy amount of race wins he was going to oh, have. I said 80% chance of winning the title. That was one of my percentage. Really? Was it? Yeah. Uh, we need, we need to rewind some of this stuff and get some sound bites. Yeah, we were doing uh, title win percentage. Yeah, and I think we basically said that he was just gonna gonna run away with it this year, and he's done the opposite. He he's playing a very, it seems a very strategic game. Yeah, but it's right. There's so many mental things about this, because first of all, we had five different winners in six motos in Latvia, which if you had told me that every single moto in Latvia, Geyser and Herlins were the top two, I would have believed you. That, I, would have, I would have put more money on that than I would have there being five moto winners in six motos. So that's crazy. Equally crazy, you just said you've just gone on about Hurlins is doing the opposite of running away with the championship and everything. Um, he entered Latvia with a nine-point lead. He's now got a 46-point lead, which is equally mental. I, I don't... Yeah, we expected him to go in just literally one 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 one. Well, I, I did personally. And he's actually achieved that by... Not going one 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 one. Well, obviously, it sucks for Geyser. Like it does suck for Geyser because fifty percent his problem, fifty percent not his fault. So take that away, and you, he should be like twenty three points behind. Quick maths. But yeah, Herlins is. I, what I meant. I've been meaning to look into it, but I bet that Herlins has never had a lead this big after five rounds. No, you're the stat man. I'd, I'd bet, I would bet, because like, his first year in MXGP, Garoli was right on him the whole way. And then even um, the MX2 days, like, it takes some inconsistency for a gap like that to be built after five rounds. Oh, well, I'm wrong, because after five rounds in his last year in MX2, he had a 58-point lead. But still, that's MX2. He was going up, Seward, he was going up against Seward, Jonas, Tonkov, and Petrov that year. Now he's got a 46-point lead over Geyser, Caroli, Prado, Fevra, and all these lot after four or five rounds. So it's still phenomenal. 
What's your question? Oh, is he happy with his results? Yeah, but you've got to think about this concussion. Like he did miss some, he did miss kind of crunch time before Latvia. That time where you would be hammering out the motos, doing sprints, all of that. He missed that. So obviously he was always going to be a bit rusty. His results would have been better had he not got caught up in the first turn 80% of the time. Yeah. So there were things leading to it. Yeah, it was still not very Hurlings-like, but if you, if you start to unpack everything that went into his three rounds, then you realise that actually him not dropping out of the top four at all was actually quite a Hurlings-like as far as salvaging the best results possible. Yeah, I, I, it's like you say, the fact that he came away, what, 46 points, did you say? Yeah, 46 points up. And if you kind of said, right, Hurlings is going to go, was it 4-4? Four, four? Four three was it? No, four four three three four one. Now, if you said that he would have got those results beforehand and be forty six points in front, you would probably be shaking your head, saying, "How has he managed to do that?" Well, something catastrophic would have had to happen to Geyser, which it kind of did. So. Yeah. So this is the the yeah. It the, this is why I love motocross because just things you know variables everything is just when you think you've got it sorted, you ha- you have. There's no way that Hurlings loses the championship now, is there? Bar an injury. I don't see how he gives up 46 points. Uh, I don't know. Barring injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I came into this, you know, season, we were talking and we were so certain about, you know, certain things that from what I've seen from the first five rounds, it's, it's kind of made me kind of rethink a few different, different things. I was... I thought, I thought that round one, Caroli, was very interesting to, to round three Caroli with the way that he rode. And when I watched the first, first round, I was thinking, oh, this is not going to be good. And then he comes out and wins a moto. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm not, I disagree. I think, I think Caroli's at a point where he can't, where his bad motos are worse than they were. But equally, there's always this little, this little shining light of, like, Matley was, Matley and Volkenswad, Volkenswad less so, but they were both fine considering the knee, the shoulder and everything. And he's still got a knee issue at the moment, which is what he was saying. With well, the fact that when he was in traffic, he was so you know, conscious of his knee getting hurt. Where when he was in front, he didn't worry so much. Well, opposite knee now. The opposite, the, he twisted and has ligament damage in the opposite knee to a PCL tear. So Jesus. he's beaten up. But if you look at the first Latvia... His qualifying time was good. His sector times were good. So I was immediately like, okay, this is okay. Yeah. Nothing to say about the second lap here because it was per, he won. So what do you say? But where did that come from? That was, that was so good. And he looked so measured in, in road really well. I guess, well, I guess this is what you're going to, as Crowley gets older, I guess this is what you're going to get. It's just going to be a bit more hot and cold. And he's going to have days where he's on like that. And that's, I think that's kind of what, Happens in it like as you get older, you got there's just a bit more hot and cold. I guess so. I, I am very, very old, but um, no, I, I was, I was, I, I don't want it to sound negative because I was really impressed with, with what I seen. I, I but even the third Latvia was fine, like he came back to ninth in the first race, which was just like fine, nothing wrong with that. Came through the field, ninth is a good salvage yep. job, and then second yep. in the second race, and didn't 
Perlins didn't just drop him. Like, the gap kind of just was stabilised. So Yeah, no, he rode, he rode exceptionally well. I don't think there's anything wrong with what Caroni did at all. Yeah, there was bad, like, that first Latvia is a blip on the old radar, cause that's, but then I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it's not like he just rode around to 7-17 results. There was a reason for it. One one of the things what what made me smile while I was while I was watching the racing was um, Caroli chasing down Prado. In in I can imagine the amount of motos that they've done together. Well, apart from the, obviously the injuries they've had and, and the, the times that they have ridden together, but it must have been um, a bit of a smile on his face of kind of like looking at the the protege in front of him in in trying to chase down. And then it was when I was watching on TV, it was just quite. It was just quite interesting, like when he got the pass, and it and it wasn't an overly aggressive pass, but it was still a, a pass which basically signalled, "I'm still, I'm still the boss." Well, they got quite before the pass was actually done. They got quite close, but like, it was a few times yeah. where there was a few times where I thought Prado was more defensive than I would have presumed. He didn't let Crowley have it easily at all, and I was quite surprised at that. Not like I didn't expect him to wave him by, but. If Prado made a slight mistake and Caroli got alongside him, then Prado shut the door on him. There was no, yeah. there was absolute, if you watched that at battle, you wouldn't presume that they're mates, teammates. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it kind of, it just made me smile, just, just watching that unfold. But I've I, I got to say, for me, he seemed to be, as in Prado, he seemed to be the rider which I, 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 I could see improve. You, you know what you were saying about the, on the last podcast show about he is going to get a moto win. He is going to get, you know, fitter, faster and everything else. And I think we've seen that in Latvia within the space of a week. Um, it, it, he just improved. Yeah, he's fine. It's all building. He's coming. It's going to be like, there's nothing, there's absolutely no reason to doubt anything about what Prado will do in the future when healthy. But it's all, yeah. it's all of the ingredients are there and there for everyone to see. But, we need to talk about Geyser because Geyser was the most the strangest statement ever. Geyser was the winningest rider in Latvia, and yet it was a complete disaster. Like, how the hell do those two things go together? Yeah. If one was an as electrical fault, that's what the official word was. Okay, but every, that's the official word on every bike problem. <laughs> okay. Are we allowed to say the unofficial or, or, or not? I haven't heard an unofficial thing, and you weren't uh, there, so I presume you don't know uh, anything worth saying? I've kind of got my contacts, but I don't know whether to say or not. I have no I idea who your contact Is your contact better. someone close to HRC? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I don't know who you would know as opposed to HRC. Yeah, it's actually the, the president. Okay, brilliant. But again, yeah... Okay, yeah, this, the, the mechanical sucks and it's cost Geyser dearly. But it wouldn't have cost Geyser so dearly if he didn't put himself in a position of no margin for error with the crash in the second lap. Yeah. If Geyser didn't make a self-inflicted mistake in lap year two and finished fourth, fifth, third, whatever in that first moto, then the gap that he would be behind now would be, like I say, 23 to 28. And that isn't the end of the world. That is doable without Herlins having a complete meltdown, I think. So Geyser was a person who put himself in that no margin for error zone and 
the mechanicals now basically bit him completely. Yeah. But it's not all down to the bike problem, is what I'm trying to say. Like part of this thing is self-inflicted because, the, like, the reason he lost, well, effectively two motos in Latvia was fifty percent because he crashed. So, but okay. forty-six points is a lot. I don't see how he's coming back from that. I just, I can't. Unless Herlins has similar issues to what guys did in Latvia, which seems unlikely. Then... But there again, you can't rule it out, and it could be. No, just you can't rule it out. But if you and... look. If you're looking at it from a realistic point of view, Herlins has been top four in every moto this year. So yeah. what Herlins needs to have a mechanical problem or crash out, you can't bank on either of those things happening. No, not when he's been as consistent as he is. Well, not just not even, even regularly. You can't just bank on A, something going wrong with a bike, or B, someone crashing out, because those are just kind of fluke things that happen. So, At the three uh, KTM riders, or... Let's, yeah, let's talk about the, the free KTM riders. Who, who impressed you the most over um, Latvia? I don't know. Not really know, to be honest. I don't know if I'd even say any of them. Really? Well, there wasn't, like, one standout. Like, Prado, yeah, but then I kind of expected it. Crowley, yeah, for that win, but then again, that wasn't, like, a huge shock. Like, I'm, I'm, not, in the, I'm not on the, yeah, Crowley's just never going to win again train. And Herlins was solid, but like again, kind of what you'd expect from Herlins. I don't think any of them were like mind-blowingly exceeded expectation. Okay. Sorry. To... No, no, I just wanted to ask because this obviously is like I said, it's always different when you're there and you're talking to the riders and understand what's going on in the background to someone who's like me sat in front of a TV. And uh, you know, obviously get the finite amount of information which we get. If I, if I was going most impressive riders on the week, when I'd look at... Well, I would have said Fevra, but then that... I, I kind of wanted more out of that last moto. Really? Because obviously the, the first two G, GPs went, went well for him. The first two Latvian GPs went well. Yeah, and I was high on him thinking, oh, because he was getting pretty shit starts. I was high on him thinking, oh, if he gets a start then this could be something, and then we're going to see February 2016. But he got a start in that last one and kind of just didn't really go anywhere. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe not. Then. So that was kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a letdown to it. Well, it's hard to say, really, isn't it? Because you forget, like, just suddenly remembered how good Sewer was at the first two, but the third one was a bit of a disaster, so that kind of blemishes your memory. Again, same with Koldenov. For three GPs were completely different. So how do you even judge him as a whole um, free race Latvian package? Because there was one that was great, one that was a disaster, and then one that was a good comeback. But like, you can't group all of those together to make one judgment call, you know? Yeah. Because no. Like, no one was consistent. If you, I pre, if you look at it, Jazakonis and Herlins were the only ones to finish top 10 in every single moto, which is mental. That's crazy. Look at you, Stato. It was only six races. You would think that I would, I would have put it, I would have said six of the riders were top 10 in every moto. Herlins, Geyser, Koldenoff, Jazakone. I don't know if I would have put Jazakone in there, but you know, like there's Sewer, like you would have put those, you would have put those riders in as, yeah, they'll be top 10 locks every single round. Yeah. But Latvia is a track that has claimed pretty much everyone over the years. And it did do over the, over, the, over the three rounds. Okay, let's, let's hold there. We're going to go for a break. We'd like to thank 
Talon Engineering, who were presenting sponsors of the first art of the MXY show. Uh, industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far enough factory racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, field-based Honda, and more. Put the trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon for all their support. Uh, without those guys, we wouldn't be doing this. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 42 of the MX Vice Show. Great to have you guys here. I'm James Burfield from Even Strokes, and with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips fresh from his Latvian escapades of uh, speeding tickets and stealing money from car parks. Great to have you guys back here. This section of the show is sponsored by Technical Touch. Did you know that as well as being the exclusive importer for KYB motorcycle and genuine parts, Technical Touch are also the European importer for hints and clutch components. Technical Touch are also presenting the second half of the MXY show. So show them some support at technical-touch.com. Visit Technical Touch and feel more like an MXGP rider. Did those guys have their work cut out at the GP as well? What was the the track seemed pretty rough. Well, I actually wanted to talk to them because I was interested to know how much there was to do with three rounds at the same track. Because you'd imagine by the third round, everyone had their settings pretty dialed in, as part aside from maybe a clicker here or a clicker there. One thing I was going to ask you: Did the track change much on the on the last GP there? I'm hoping you know the layout change. Yeah, so I know that they had a, a new section, didn't they, with like a, was it a triple step up? No, it wasn't a step up. It was just a double single. 
Oh, okay. No, well, everyone knows about the layout changes, but the only the real significant change was um they watered the crap out of it, which made okay. it a little rougher and slower. Oh, okay. Okay. They honestly they watered it so much that morning. It was crazy. For MX2 qualifying, there was so much water on the track, like out of the main line even. So that showed up. When I watched the first couple of laps of MX2, it did look pretty, pretty slick. Well, it was, it was really hot on um, Sunday as well. Uh, Wednesday was a lot cooler, but Sunday was insanely hot. So one of the things, obviously, a lot of people who are listening to the show have probably already watched MXGP. They've, they've probably you know, watched it like I did on TV, MXGP TV. And know, know a lot of the results. But what I want to know is uh, being on, being, you know, sat in front of the TV, we don't get to hear what goes on. So were there, I'm sure some riders were carrying injuries in between the rangs and picked up knocks and stuff like that. So do you want to run through some of the, some of the riders' like, performances and give us some insight into kind of what they were facing? Yeah. So you just want me to crack on by myself? Yeah, you crack on. Okay. You're just going to chill out? Give me an overview of what I need to know. Um, hmm, where to start? I, okay, I'll, I'll start with this. So last Sunday, no, last Monday, when we did the show after the first Sunday, I said that Koldenoff's ride was the most impressive he's ever been to me, whether he'd won or not. Yeah. The second most impressive ride that Koldenoff's ever had to me, including Nations and everything, is Sunday Just Gone. Because... I forget the exact, I've got it written down here. I forget the exact details on the health issue. Give me a second here to find my little note. Two secs. Two, okay. Here we go. Found my note. So he had a hematoma around his ribs. Not really sure what, I thought, I'm not really sure what that means because I've never had a hematoma. But he was in a lot of pain and qualified 19th, I think. So like at wow. that point, and I think Standen even put out Standen even put out that like any points will be great kind of thing because that was the situation he was in. So I think he went six seven, yeah six seven, which again is more impressive to me than any other race he's had bar Sunday the first Sunday because he managed to dig deep and well he gained points, points. On, he gained points on Geyser. So actually, in the whole grand scheme of finishing second in the championship. Being out there was well worth it because he gained ground. Yeah. Obviously lost ground to Hurlins, but then so did everyone else. So. so yeah, he needs a bit of time to recover, but I presume he'll be good for the next round. Uh, do you want to talk about the next round or do that later? Uh, uh, let's, do, let's do that later because we, can, okay. we, we know that whatever happens, in, in, there's going to be a GP in a couple of weeks, yeah? Yeah, That's for I, think, I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of what it's going to be, but we'll talk about it. Oh, later. come on then. No, tell us now. You've built it up now. Well, I told, I've told you already. No, Turkey's, Turkey's done. Apparently the Affion, the Affion Cara, blah, 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 whatever the region's called, Af, Affion Cara, Shara, Shura, something like that. The Affion re region has got Corona really bad, so we're not going there. And I think a lot right. of people were, were concerned about leaving Europe and coming back to Europe. So we're not going there. Basically, we're all becoming Italian for the next, for the month of September. The new calendar isn't out. I got, I got, originally I got told Thursday, and then I got told Tuesday. It's Tuesday as we're recording this, and there's no calendar out, so I presume it'll be Thursday. 
But from what I can gather, on the same weekend as Turkey was supposed to be, there will now be a triple header in Faenza, like we've just had, so Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. And then, our, and then the week following that, there will be a triple header at Mantua. And somewhere, one thing I'm not clear on is somewhere in this season, there is now going to be a triple header in Trentino. But I can't figure out for the life of me when that will be, like whether that's being moved forward or whether that's staying in the November date it's got at the moment. Okay. But basically, Viva la Italy is basically the crux of the situation. So now we've got the Italian Championship. Well, from what, obviously, I've been monitoring the situation quite closely. Italy seems to be the best European country. So it seems like a safe place to kind of rock up. And if we're doing triple headers, we don't have to, tr- we don't have to cross borders and stuff. So yeah. no, it's it, ideal. And obviously, we're not going to be going to Belgium, France, or the Netherlands at the moment because they're all screwed. Yeah. Um, Germany is out. That's not on the calendar at all anyway. So really, Italy's the only logical place left for a triple header for the time being. So that's kind of the plan moving forward. I think uh, everybody involved needs a massive like pat on the back because yeah, thank you. It's it's not not you. It's not easy oh. doing this anyway. Let alone with what everybody's facing. And when I hear what you guys had to had to go through just to go there and report, it's just it's. It, it, it must get to a certain point where you think, what is the point? So, oh. yeah, okay, going to Italy for the next four rounds. Is it six, four rounds six or rounds. six? Six rounds. I believe it's going to be six. Obviously, calendar's not out, but as far as I can make out, it's six at least. Wow. But do you know what? If it, if it works, it works. It's, it's just a case of literally getting through this year. Lots of pizza and pasta. Yeah, but uh, what a great country, though, to, to, to be stranded in for a while. No, no, not for me. I'd rather be stranded in Latvia or Sweden or some you're Belgium so, or Netherlands. You're so weird. Italy's well, great. Italy doesn't have great hotels. No, it's just because we can't afford to stay in great hotels. No, it's, like, if you look at like the Faenza and Mantua regions, like we're not, we're not going to Venice or Milan or whatever. Like you're, We're always in quite discreet areas of Italy, so says the guy who looks for a swimming pool in in 2015 all you done was look at hotels with swimming pools yeah I didn't understand what my role was (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about some of the some of the other riders because oh yeah sorry I forgot we were doing that so yeah yeah, that'd be great uh, Koldenhoff super impressed me on Sunday again that was decent, especially considering I think he was 19th in qualifying. So, obviously, well overperformed compared to that uh, 18th in qualifying. So, that was decent. Okay. Wh- what happened to Jeremy? Oh, Jeremy. Uh, he crashed yeah. turn three of the first moto, apparently tagged another rider's rear wheel. Uh, he was winded quite bad. So, he yeah. laid there for a little while. And the mechanic took his... Not the mechanic. The track worker wheeled his bike off. And I heard Jeremy scream, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's in pain. But it turns out he was screaming at the track worker to leave his bike there because he planned on getting back in the way. So he got back up, uh, and then I believe three laps later, had a big one in the waves. I don't know if they showed that on TV. No, I've seen that he Uh, he went down, yeah. What, again? Yeah, because apparently it was a big one. So he pulled out at that point. Had enough. Uh, 
and then came back for a seventh in a second moto. So decent recovery again, similar to Colton, yeah, like good recovery. up against it, doing what you can kind of thing. I don't think like in a in a situation that Colton and Sewer are in, I feel like sixth or seventh is about as much as you can ask for when you beat up in this class. Like you're not going to do much better than that. Do Do you know what was quite funny when I was watching TV? So What's quite funny. Okay, uh, you'll, you'll smile at this one. You know that you well, kind of... Well, if I do, I'll chuck a gold star your way. Okay, uh, so you know that you put the stat together about Jeremy not missing the GP, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, Paul Marlins literally, again, said that stat what you created and, and threw that one out there. And then obviously he had that, that nightmare moto. Yeah. Which did make me smile because it was like he kind of like... He said about like Jeremy not missing, you know, ever present, da, 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 starting X amount of GPs, and then um, obviously he, he he crashed. So and and it was obviously quite, you know, a couple of big ones. So it was like touch and go whether he'd be starting the next one. But it, it just uh, made me kind of smile. Well, that's not that's not gold star worthy at all. Okay, well, just sharing my my experience of watching TV. Okay, so uh, I don't want a gold star anyway. No one okay, wants a gold star. Paul Lan, as I said, has got... Actually, no, we haven't done a show since then. He's got a broken right, a broken finger on his right hand. Okay. So, another little thing. The last lap year was by far his best one, mainly because he just managed to get around the first lap without crashing, which was kind of his kryptonite before then. Yep. Mitch Evans built with each round that passed. Obviously, he only had... I think he only had four rides on the factory bike before lap year, as he was coming off a full shoulder reconstruction. Full shoulder reconstruction, not just a dislocated shoulder. Ain't that right, Mitch? So that was a decent uh, recovery for him. He built up well. And there's definitely still signs there, but once he's healthy, he'll be good. And uh, if we actually go into tracks like Fienza and Mantua, if he can get close to 100%, then that's another guy to add in that top 7-8 mix, which is exciting. Let's see here. Going down the list. Uh, DeSalle has got like a tweaked back or neck from a crash? Because apparently, I didn't know this, but he crashed hard in qualifying. I didn't see that. Yeah, and he had pain in his neck and his arm. So he was happy to finish with an 8th and a 13th in the two motos. However, if we're being honest, the Latvia trip as a whole was not stellar for him. He went 12, 10, 6, 6, 8, 13. Now that six six is okay. I don't think you can. I think that's kind of what he is supposed to do. But still, I'm kind of watching that second KRT seat with one eyebrow raised a little bit. So yeah, Monticelli just was basically Monticelli. Yep, a roadblock. Um, Thomas had a mare. Thomas told me before the first race that they want that Yamaha want to see him ride before making a decision on 2021. Uh, yikes. Wow. Okay, that that didn't go too well. It was just, I don't, I don't. He said, "Let me find it." After the first lap, because obviously the first lap he was running third for like an entire race, which was great. And then he had, and then he crashed. And then he said that after that, he um just struggled to get back into the rhythm and stuff, like in the second moto. Uh, yeah, and after the first. Latvia, or the, he said he had a big crash in the first motor, and then from some for some reason, from there on, he just really struggled. I don't really know why. I just lost the feeling. And then after the 
Last Latvia, Jesus Christ, this is difficult to bloody negotiate, isn't it? After the last Latvia, he said, I don't feel great. It was a hard day. I crashed at turn one and just couldn't find my rhythm. In the second race, I just did not feel good on the track at all. I was low on energy, and overall, it's not good. So I'm like, panic button? Maybe? Hmm. I don't, like, there's not much, like, DeSalle, yeah, he had pain in his neck and arm. That's not good. Cold North, hernia, belief his ribs, sewer, crashing. Like, I'm not really sure what you want me to cling to with Tony. Like, I can give you a defence for DeSalle, for Cold North, uh, for Paul Ann, for all these people. Sewer for the last run. I think we've got anything for Tonus. He crashed in the first turn at the first moto, but still, like, Crowley got back to ninth. He got to 17th. Okay. But I think his week would have been, could have been so much better because I think it was the motor one of the first GP in Latvia when he was second and he was pretty much there for, for quite, quite a long period of the race until he, he got caught out in the waves, I think it was. And uh, maybe the whole week would have been a different story if it wasn't for that. Yeah, but... You can't let that affect you for a week. And as far as his, as far as it looks, doesn't seem like anything really was picked up in that crash. As far as like hernia beneath your ribs or whatever, like a tweaked back and neck, like the sale on gold knot. So I really don't know because I was quite. I'm um, the podcast last week. I was quite high on him, as in like, yeah, the results weren't great, but his speed was. I didn't expect him to run third, but that balloon has kind of popped since then because. There just hasn't been much. Yeah. But he was injured at Latvia in 2017, so may- like maybe it's just not a good place for him. To be fair, he was on the podium there last year, though. But to be fair, I'm not looking at Kegums as a tonus track. Fienza, he should be really good. Now, if he doesn't... If he isn't a top eight guy, which he didn't get into the top eight at all in um, uh, Latvia, if he doesn't get into the top ten in... Fienza, uh, sorry, top eight in Fienza, then that's panic button because Fienza is a track that I should think, I would think that he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or I think that it's kind of designed for him. So, hmm. Still want me to go down the list? Yeah, if, he, if, if there's insights with like little injuries and bits and pieces which we haven't um, talked about, that'd be cool. I presume that Vlandrin wants to set the Kegum's first turn on fire. <laughs> literally uh, Benoit Patrell uh, fractured the T12 I think it was in his back in a crash in qualifying on Sunday morning oh. apparently, the, apparently the timing wire was coming out of the ground and that caused him to crash oh wow whereas blame is a claim well I don't really know I don't really know how that would work but how far out of the ground was it like did he just put like I don't really get that but fair enough yeah, he's got a fractured T12 and something else that can't quite remember. I have got it written down here. Please hold. Oh, a cracked tailbone as well. So okay. I don't know if he'll be out for a while, but good thing that JM Racing picked up Dylan Walsh, who was uber impressive. He was impressive, but didn't pick up points, did he? No, but you wouldn't expect him to. I even said that to him before we raced. I was like, all you need to do is have a good 10 minutes. 
no one expects you to be there at the end. This is your first, A, you're coming off the couch per se. You haven't been, yeah. like, he's not been training for GPs. I like, didn't know this was coming. So all we needed to do was get a good start, hang in there for 10 minutes and prove that he can do that. And, and so as far there. as that goes, it was a success. He qualified 23rd, I think, and somehow got amazing starts each time, which is a Man. credit to either him or that what a bike. Uh, JM Honda. Artem Guriev, your favourite rider. I believe he's yep. got a tweaked back. No, no actual injury, but a tweaked back. Damn it. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for you, I think. I think that's everyone, isn't it? Okay. And we know Sean Simpson's, he, he left. Uh, he yeah, left we did that last anyway. week. Yeah, so we, so we know about that. Chervelin, he's been quietly putting points on the board. Yeah, this, I need to do more research on this because the two standouts from Matley were Chervelin and Jacoby. Chervelin has stayed at the level of, okay, this, is in, like, this seems like decent, whereas Jacoby seems to have gone off the deep end a little bit. So I'm not sure yeah. what I, don't, I feel like Jacoby. I feel like Jacoby was dealing with something in the break, but I can't remember about. Like I'm pretty sure he had back surgery because he injured his back at Matley, maybe something like that. I need to do. I need to dig into it more. But I don't know if that's affecting him. That was five months ago. So yeah. Okay. Bogers had a bit of a mare. Yeah, I kind of. I don't know what happened there. I've never. I've only spoken to Bogers once in my life. He picked it. He had a. He, it looks like he had a good um, second GP in Latvia. Picked a decent yeah, point. There, was, there were points. There were points where he was near the front and like. It was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Because I actually tipped him. If you remember before we went to Latvia, I picked him as a rider who would do well, but no one would expect. Yep. I'm not sure if I win that or not. Uh, just to update me, I know this is a podcast show, but uh, what is happening with Bobrashev? Oh, he injured his back as well. Okay. When you look we... at it, there's a lot of ride, like there's a lot of riders with little tweaks and like nothing that's actually going to keep them out of races, but a lot of riders that are sore. That's what we can Latvia will do to you. Leave you sore. We never really spoke about Jazakonis, so do we want to give him a bit more credit? Yeah, because um, he looked good. Looked really good. Also, equally good for Husqvarna because that was a, that Wednesday moto win was their first moto win in one thousand one hundred and seventy three days. Wow! Since uh, Nagel at the GP of France in twenty seventeen. And when you say Nagel, you're like Jesus. That sounds like a long time ago because obviously Nagel hasn't been in the race for a moto win in a long old time. Well, since France in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and it, and it kind of repaid the faith that uh, Ante has had in him by awarding him, obviously, a new contract for next year. Well, can't remember if we spoke about this, but I asked him after the first Latvia, because obviously he's re-signed with Husqvarna again, but on his third one-year deal in a row. So I said to him, like, what the fuck have we got to do to get you a two-year deal? Because it's weird for them to just keep re-upping him on a one-year, one-year, one-year. And he yeah. just said, I guess I need to show more. So I guess that motor win is showing more. Definitely. Definitely. And, he, he, and obviously followed it up with um, the second and the third in the uh, last GP week on Sunday. Yeah, but I was kind of expecting him to make more of a run at Geyser in that race. Because Jazakonis did have crazy raw speed at points in Latvia. So when he was behind Geyser in that first race, I was kind of like, 
okay, at some point he's just going to unleash his raw speed for two laps, three laps, however long it will be, and then maybe we'll have something. But he was kind of just steady, which, I mean, it put him second overall, so it's not the end of the world. But. Well, he was um, literally, if he had if taken Caroli um, and had the run at Caroli, then he would have took the, the overall win. Yeah, with a 2-2, which would have been yeah. a nice, bonkers way to end a crazy week. And what, and what would we be talking about then? Picks up his first uh, motor win and then uh, an overall win. That would, have been, that would have been a surprise for him to win an overall. I don't think anyone... If you'd gone to Vegas and bet on that one, Jazza is winning an overall whilst in Latvia, I think you would have got quite good off. But you have to kind of you have to put that in perspective that Jazakonis was one position away from taking that overall win, and we would be talking about him in a completely different scenario. I think. Oh no, I think we're being nice, aren't we? I don't think. I don't yeah, think but I don't think we. I don't, I don't think, think we, I can get any more positive. No, I don't. I don't think we're giving him the credit. Which I which said he's got good. crazy raw speed, and I thought he was going to win again. Okay, uh, kind of like a bit of a throwaway comment there. Oh, okay. Well, who would have who would have thought the biggest shock to me was when I went on the championship standings after the last lap year, and he's up to third in the championship. Yeah, it, it, that's come out of nowhere a little bit. Four points behind Geyser, tying with Caroli. Yeah, the race for second in the championship. Like I say, even Coldenoff, who was dealing with hernia under his ribs, what well, I can't remember the exact wording. Uh, he even gained points in the fight for the second in championship. So that whole battle really tightened up. The only bummer part is Herlins is obviously way far ahead now of 46-point lead. But yeah. as far as the closeness behind him, it kind of resembles um, that of the craziness we saw on track in Latvia. Actually, another interesting one, another yeah. Lewis is right moment. When I spoke to Fevre in April, and we spoke about how, yeah, it's great. He can now recover from that knee injury and come back at his full fitness. I said to him, well, you can't give up on like a good position in the championship because people have missed the first two rounds before and come back to finish in the top five. And he kind of was like, no, that's not going to happen. And I was like, eh, I think it could. He's already up to 10th in the championship and he's only 42 points behind Coldenoff in fifth. So he could quite easily still get top six, five in the championship. Yeah. And that's, that's a decent points hole in Latvia for him. Oh, yeah. Like, like I say, he really impressed me. So much so that I was excited to see if he had it in him to go for a win. And I felt like that last moto was a good opportunity to kind of maybe not win, but at least show, his, show what he's made of. But, I just, but I'm, I'm still just as high on him, and I'm still thinking that good things are coming, especially at the upcoming tracks that we've got. But yeah. Yeah, he's def- I think he's definitely the best he's been since 2016. Yeah, I agree. I agree. On that note, that completes part two of the MX Vice Show, episode 42, if you're accounting. Uh, we'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talent Engineering. That was brought to you by our show sponsors, Technical Touch. Did you know that as well as being an, the exclusive importer for KYB Motorcycle and Genuine Parts, Technical Touch are also the European importer for Hinson Clutch Components. Technical Touch are also presenting, uh, as you've just heard, the second half of the MX5 show. To show them some support at technical-touch.com. Visit technicaltouch 
and feel like an MXGP rider. We'll be back in five, where we'll be talking about MX2, some shit game, and some other bits and bobs. See you then. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Welcome back to the MXY Show, episode 42. I think I've said that three times now because I'm just amazed that is still going. Uh, huge thanks to all our sponsors. As you know, Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. Did you know, Lewis, I am back out on Thursday on the Kawasaki KX250F 2020. Did you know? No, nor do I actually give a flying fuck. Okay, this time I am not at Marshfield. I will be going to Formbury MX. They are opening on Thursday. If anyone listening to this would like to join me, please come and join me. Obviously, do, they, do be... you have to pay what? to rise? Yes, I do. Oh. I always pay. And do you, re- do you know the reason why I always pay to ride at every track and never ask for freebies? 
kind of, but then how how could I have an opinion which is valid? Because if I'm getting freebies from everybody... Fair, I don't think anyone wants your opinion on practice tracks near your house, to be honest. Are is, you... this a, is, is this another podcast I haven't read or heard yet? Are <laughs> you James... joking? Everybody wants to know my opinions. The James Burfield UK hey, experience. If anybody wants to come out and do some proper scrambling with me, then I'm around Thursdays and Sundays for proper scrambling, okay? So uh, Formbury MX this week, it's on Thursday. If you, want to, if you want to ride, contact Lawson. Get on Facebook and uh, come and join me. Come and hang out. Obviously, we're going to be doing social distancing. No touching. But you can see the green beast in all its glory. Speaking uh, of touching. What? Uh, in Latvia, someone tried to shake my hand. Really? And I was like, ah! I just was like, go away, crazy man. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, was this the guy who you rented the car from? or? No, this was in... Re- um, no, actually, no, yeah, the guy I rented the car from, yeah. Ah, right, okay, yeah. Did you say, like, 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 no touching? No, it's like, <laughs> mad man. Okay, uh, on that note of the Kawasaki, I should say that the all-new KX250 uh, that we have discussed non-stop over the last couple of weeks last couple of months, last couple of episodes. It was said that it will be available in the UK in late August. There's not long to wait now. Kawasaki 2020 off-road range is now available on 0% APR over two years with a minimum of 40% deposit too. There's a lot to see at kawasaki.co.uk. So I'm actually hoping that um, uh, I'm going to be keeping my Kawasaki 2020. That's not a good I'm thing, a- by the way. No, no, if I'm they, actually... If they tell you that you can keep your 2020 rather than give you a 2021, that probably means they're not too impressed. No, I'm actually going to buy it. I'm, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm that happy with the bike. I'm, I'm, I've spoken to them and I'm actually going to buy it from them. So, so they're what, not happy. What, they're not impressed then. But what, what a testament to, to the bike that I'm actually going to go out and, and, and buy it. So they've loaned it to me for a year and I can happily give it back and get a 2021. But I love a 2020 so much that... Um, I'm going to have it and I'm going to keep it here at MX Vice so that ready, ready for when, um, uh, obviously, I do get a 2021 and I've got a bike here for you, Lewis. Wait, so you are getting a 2021 off them? Yes, but I will have a 2021 (laughs) and a 2020. So surely buying a 2020 is just a complete waste of time? No, buying a 2020 is an investment so that I can get it set up for you so that you can come down and ride. Do you know what? At the first lap, Leah, obviously I was quite, I was feeling the buzz. I was high on motocross. Oh, uh, the, oh, yeah. The first few laps of practice, I was stood there and I was like, I do quite fancy riding. And then that's yes. and then I was like, actually, yes. No, we're going to make this happen. This is the whole reason I'm going to have a bike sat here, set up for you. I'm not, I can't do it. I get too angry. No, it's fine. We're just going to have fun. We're going to go scrambling. Okay. Mm. Right, do you want to do the shit game then? What, the even strokes are you smarter than a birth game? Yeah. Well, it's the... Please hold. I actually haven't got my sponsor read in front of me. And I've got people messaging me stuff that's distracting me. Please hold. So how are you doing, James? You good? Uh, I'm you fine, good? thanks, Lewis. Yes, that's good. I, I, really, I just wanted to double check. Yep. I'm not feeling overly confident. Are you ready for... Are you smarter than a birth? Let's do it. 
this game is presented by Even Strokes. Evenstrokes.com is the newest arrival in the e-commerce game and can cater to all of your needs with a range of offers on Talon, Box, Yoko, One Gripper, Alpine Stars, Rentful, Motorex, and more. Yes, more. Uh, if you actually look at the moment, there is a code uh, MXVICE, all capitals, no spaces, for 15% off your order, no matter what it is, no matter what the brand is, the product is, 15% off. So, uh, yeah, head over to evenstrokes.com, do that, and just do it, really, to steal a well-known phrase from another brand. So, copyright infringement. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, this game, this week, four questions on current affairs. Oh, on what? Uh, uh, current affairs. What, in the world or motocross? Motocross. Oh, okay. Four of them, one of them history, you need four to pass. Have you got the okay. championship standings in front of you? No, Rob, would you okay, like to good. confirm? No one. No championship standings. Okay, question one. Who has led more laps in the MXGP class this season? Jeffrey Hurlings, Tim Geyser, Glenn Koldenoff, or Antonio Caroli? Who has led the most laps? Uh, I'm going to go with Tim Geyser. That's correct. Yes. Well done. Boom. Okay. Would you like a breakdown of that information, or do you not care? Why not, Stato? Go for it. Geyser has led 60 laps in total. Hurlings has led 57. Okay. Close. One down. Question two. So far, five rounds are done in MX2. There have been six different riders up on the overall podium. Name them. Uh, Rohn van Moosdijk. Uh, hang on, were you saying overall podium or are you on yep. top Five three round, podium? Name every rider that has what top three podium or overall podium? What? How's that? Hang on, what are you saying? Like the winners on the podium or who's finished first, second, and third? Over, who stood on the overall podium? First, second, third. Five rounds in, six rounds of six riders have done it. Name those six riders who have finished okay. first, second, third overall at GP. In the, Christ, six, in, in the six rounds? No, in the five rounds. We haven't had six rounds yet. Okay, that's fine then. <laughs> okay, so I know, so I know, Mikhail Harrop has because he done it in the. Yeah. Uh, Don't need an explanation. Just need the names. Okay, Ren Van Moosdijk. Yep. Um, Tom Biao. Yep. Uh, Jago Gertz. Yep, that's four. Two more to get. Uh, Guarami. Yep. One more. One more. Um, Alex. Um, think Volkenswald. Hang on, I just got to think. No, you're looking it up. No, I'm not looking it up. I'm okay. It up. I'm... Your time's up, but I'm just going to give you an extra bit of time. Okay. Uh, I want to say Ben Watson. Well, that's wrong. Oh, bollocks. Maxime ben. Renault, the rider who no one considers or even thinks of. Damn it. He could go missing without a trace. Would anyone notice? I think that's quite a hard question. Well, it's five rounds. It's not that okay. hard. All right, come on. Next one. Five MXGP rounds have been run so far. Name every rider who has won an overall in the MXGP class. You have 10 seconds. Go. Uh, Herlins, Geyser. Um, Herlins, Geyser. Koldenhoff. 
How Your many time's riders? up, but I'm going to let you keep going. How many riders did you say? Name every say. rider. Name every rider that's won an overall in MHTP class. Five rounds have been run. You've said Hurlings, Geyser, Caroli. No, you said Hurlings, Geyser, and Coldenoff. And Caroli. Well, I kind of gave you that one, but either way, you were wrong because Geyser hasn't won an overall yet this year. Motherfucker! This game's well, shit. You're not getting 100% marks, and we haven't oh, even God. got to the... We haven't even got to the... Um, oh, no one cares. The old-time question. Nobody even listens to this anyway. Which manufacturer is leading the MX2 manufacturer standings at the moment? Uh, KTM. Wrong, Yamaha. Fuck! <laughs> it's current affairs. This is bollocks. This is, this is actually your worst showing. You've done is... better with old questions that are harder. How's okay, Yamaha finally... leading? Hold on. How's Yamaha leading? Are you talking about MX2? Yeah, that's what it says. Oh, I thought you said don't, MXGP. Don't give it that. Don't give it no, that. No, honestly, I thought you said MXGP. If you said MX2, I would have said Yamaha. No, you wouldn't have. You would have said KTM because Vial's leading the championship. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, whatever. Last question. Name the 2006 MXT world champion. The what? Name the 2006 MXT world champion. MXT? Oh. Name the 2006 MX2 world champion. Uh, Christoph That's correct Yes Did you look that up Because that was quite a while No I fucking didn't That is I, I need two points for that That's, That's a hard well, one Well Clearly not Because you got it right And equally You got all of the other ones wrong Well I'm a huge Porcel fan Clearly It only took you 20 minutes To come up with his name Yeah it's just go through In my head Do you want a bonus question because yeah. I almost added this one, but I ran out of room. Because when you do, okay, let's do uh, it. Name of a 2007 MX1 world champion. Uh, mm, Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he was the 2007 MX2 world champion. <laughs> oh, he wasn't actually in the MX1 class, so it would have been impossible for him to. Uh, Win that championship. When did, actually, Everett, when did Everett actually, retire? Was that six? Yeah. Actually, Caroni did race in MX1 in 2007 because he did one round as a wild card. And the right, so you thought that Caroni won the MX1 World Championship in 2007. I can confirm that actually he finished 24th in the championship. That's not bad for one round. Well done. It's actually not. I thought it'd be further back than that. Well done, round. Tony. Well, who, who who was the world champion? Uh, Steve Ramon. Oh, fucking that's see, er, no one's going to get that. Everybody forgets it that. Should have been. It should have been Josh Pop. Yeah, that's shit game. Shit question. Light a candle always. for Josh. Dick. Right, let's well, move on then. Remember, we may hear more from Even Strokes later in the show if I feel that James deserves a gold star. But quite frankly, his performance has been subpar at best so far. Uh, if anything, he'll be made to say after class for to catch up on his own work. Right. What do right. you do now then? You're the host. Well, uh, I'm guessing that we should probably talk about MX2 a little bit, about what went went on. But I don't really want to talk for ages. I don't think everybody listening to this wants to go through the whole MX2 thing. Well, so, I'll tell you this about MX2. You right tell there, us. Yeah. 
there is a very good battle for the championship going on between Vial and Gertz. Very close, but a zero hype. And why is that? Is it because we're not used to the Vial Gertz personalities yet? Uh, uh, what personality is that? So, no, but that's what I mean. Are fans not are Vial and Gertz so new on the scene that fans aren't invested in those riders yet? So there isn't as much. There's not Hurlins fans and Geyser fans who arguing because it's so new. Because I feel like the hype should be more. They're eight points apart. They split Moto wins on Sunday. They split GP win. Like it's all it's very toy and throwy. But there's zero hype on it. To be honest, the only time I ever hear of Gertz outside of winning and riding, amazing rider, is when we got a good look at his Instagram. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to touch on it too much because I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not. I do not have a feeling on this subject. However, I would like to inform everyone that ah, I do not have a feeling on this subject. I'm saying it for no reason at all. I'm merely reporting to people that Gertz was so happy after his GP win on Sunday that on his Instagram account he wrote, "I don't." Oh, I'm not saying this for any reason. It's not funny. It's just, I'm just saying it as fact. I want okay. to report to you, the people, that after his win on Sunday, Gert, how happy was Gertz, you ask? He's going to be really happy. Oh, God. I've just dropped my headphone on the floor. I suddenly got very passionate. What are you doing? Oh, I've just kicked it further away. I tried to fetch it with my foot. Oh, right. for God's right. sake. Ask Absolute me. How, ask, <laughs> I got very passionate. Ask me how happy Gertz was on... Well, I'm, I'm guessing he was very happy. Well, on Instagram, he was so happy that he wrote, full of energy, I start the return to Belgium together with my parents. With a very good and satisfied feeling, I will gladly take over the wheel of the mobile home on a journey of almost 2,000 kilometres. So I just want to let you know... But he is so happy that he will be taking over the wheel of the motor of the mobile home. Gladly. And that is Planet Moto bombshell of the week. After winning a race, you actually get to drive home. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding, where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport and more. There is still space available on the second week of October, as well as a few November dates. Book now at planetmoto.co. I, I don't know where to go with that, uh, to be honest. That's why it's a bombshell. I would not have even brought that up. You asked me how happy Gertz was after his win, so I felt it was my duty to let you know how happy he was. Do you, I think no, this is... No, 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 That's it. I, I had it was my duty to let you know how happy he was. Moving on. Okay, we're not going down that road then. Yeah, okay, moving on. Right. Okay. I don't really know where to move on to. Okay, I will move on. So this Gertz and Vial battle for the championship. Yeah. I feel like Olsen Olsen's out of it now. Olsen didn't race on Sunday, just gone. Uh, Latvia free because of the fractured shoulder blade he suffered Wednesday before Latvia won. Again, a lot of days, very confused. I feel like that changes the dynamic of this championship because truthfully, 
I don't think Vial fears Gertz, and I don't think Gertz fears Vial. However, I feel like Olsen's been around enough that they both look at Olsen as a guy. Yeah. So I feel like if they had Olsen in front of them, the mindset would be a bit different, and it would be like, oh, this is Olsen. He's finished third in the championship before, second in the championship before. Oh, whereas I don't think they have that fear of each other. So I feel like if Olsen was actually in this mix, it would actually change the dynamic quite a lot. Whereas I think Gertz thinks he has Vial covered, and I think Vial thinks he has Gertz covered. So the question is, outside of those two, because let's face it, it is a battle for, between those two now. But and, and we said that the MX2 class was stacked. Will, will Van Moosdijk, uh, Renault, or Beaton, are they going to play any part in this, in taking points off of, the, of these two championship um, title contenders? Oh, of course. This happened already. So like, do, you, do you think it's going to happen enough? Are we going to still see this throughout the year, or do you think they're going to edge away? No, 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 no. They'll, they are obviously the class of the field, but I think that when you get to Fienza and places like that, the dynamic changes again. If we go to Spain, I think the dynamic changes there. Vial went 4-4 on Wednesday. Gertz went 1-1. So the rubber riders are in the mix. They stole points away from Vial. If Vial had gone 2-2 to Gertz's 1-1, then Gertz wouldn't have made up half the ground that he did. So, yeah. They, no, that's moot point. Riders are getting in the mix. Okay. So, one thing which I wanted to talk to you a little bit, and I know that we're British and it's, it's, it's not a British podcast show. It's you know, talk, we about talk about MXGP. I am going to talk about Comrade. Do you want to wait? Because... I've got, some okay. more points. I've got some more points to say on the MX2 title fight. Okay, just carry on with your points. I knew you. I knew that this, the only reason you've turned up for this podcast today is to talk about Comrade, isn't it? It was. I'm so happy. I'm so happy and so excited. I feel weird about the MX2 class also, because I feel like the MX2 class is where there is a shining light on it that kind of proves or shows that we took a break and it has actually impacted the way the championships played out. Because Moosdijk's third, but he broke his ankle at round two. So in a normal scenario, he would have lost so many points and been buried. Whereas I feel like it's glaringly obvious that there was a break in the middle of the season that kind of changed the way that different riders will finish this year. So it kind of stares... I feel like in MXGP, that isn't as obvious. Whereas in MX2, that stares me right back in the face, purely because Moosdijk's third. I, what, one thing which I would say with um, Van Moosdijk is I think... Um, He's going to get better. I think How happy he, do you think he was after Latvia? Do you think he uh, took the wheel of his mobile home gladly or sadly? I think he might have took the, the, the wheel of a monster girl. Um, is, can I ask a question? Wait a minute. I need to talk about something quick. First of all, I'm currently getting a call from Dave King at Liat. And what a week for Liat. Non-stop podiums. And they actually swept the podium on Wednesday. With Gertz, neck brace, and then um, Moustike and Barame obviously fully liatted out. But equally, I don't know what to think of Moustike because there's a lot of talk about him winning races. Like, he can do that. He's right there, blah, blah, blah. However, he was right there, and he didn't get it done. So I feel like it, it's all there, but there's just it's not quite there yet. Whereas I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I kind of thought that at some point in Latvia, he would have made more of a run for a, for a win, considering the situation he found himself in constantly, which was obviously a good one. Anything else you want to add? 
What have you just suddenly lost interest? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bored now. But this is, I, I genuinely feel like it's my duty to, I feel like I need to bring more hype to this MX2 class. So I don't know what I've got. I, need, I think I need to interview Gertz, Vial, Moosedike more, talk to them more, like get their personalities out there, get people in, get, because I guess I could interview Gertz, he could say something, but the listener will be like, I like that guy that he said that, that's cool. Like, and then he'll root for Gertz and then suddenly there's more hype in this thing. Maybe we could get Sean videoing him uh, taking the wheel of his motorhome. Uh, we're not going there, but gladly. Um, okay. What about, you, what about you streaking at the next GP to like spice up MX2? Yeah, but I don't think it needs spicing up. This is the point. I feel like if this battle was, if Herlins and Geyser were having this exact battle that Gertz and Vial had, it, everyone would be losing their mind. Yeah. So I just feel like I feel like everyone needs to be more open to the new names a little bit. But everyone needs to pick a favorite. Can I just say something though? What the hell? Yeah. Can you turn what, your phone off? My timer has just gone off. I have no idea what I was timing. That's interesting. And and it, this might be harsh, but I don't think their personalities come across. You know, is their personalities aren't? I don't know. Stand out as much as what most riders do. No, but you. Yeah, but the only reason you're saying that is because Hurlings has been around for ten years. Guys has been around for eight years. Like you've had time to listen to thousands of interviews with them both. So over time, you've just picked out little things that you like, and you've crafted your own opinion of these people. We haven't had that time with these guys. Well, I like Gertz's Instagram. I'll tell you what's also interesting. Another thought: um, Moose Dykes now considered generally a great rider and a star of the future. Before he went to F and H. No one looked at him like that. When he was on SDM Course Yamaha, he was kind of like meh. And then ever since he's got on F&H, he's just become this star of the future. Again, credit to F&H with Mark Deruva. Like, clearly, if they've got stuff going on over there. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that program's obviously um, is something to get on for every rider. I hear a lot of good things about that bike, too. Well, obviously, they got great starts, had two riders on the podium. Like, obviously, great things. Uh, what happened to Ben? What do you mean, what happened to Ben? Oh, uh, well, yeah, we got a whole shot for one. Yeah, that was, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. I could not believe my eyes, but um, he made a lot of bike changes on the Saturday before the final Latvia to make his bike better out of the gate. And obviously, it works because from 14th gate pick, he got his first whole shot ever. Were you happy with Ben over the course of Latvia? Yeah, it just sucks a bit because I was having this conversation with someone. If, like, if you look at the riders who didn't get on the podium at the second Latvia, like Renault, Muse, Beaton, all of those guys, if they came to you and said, why didn't I get on the podium? You could point out a lot of different things. Whereas if Ben said, why didn't I get on the podium at Latvia 3? There is no reason because he was more than good enough. It, it just always seems as though it just doesn't quite happen. Like there's always some... It's just, like, there's no reason why, like, he was fourth overall. He was fully fast enough to be on the podium and fully deserving and rode well enough, didn't do anything wrong. But for some reason, he just seems to always be locked into fourth overall, which isn't a good representation of what he's actually capable of. Yeah, okay. Thanks for that explanation. I don't don't know if I'll sleep any better tonight. Yes, let's talk about Conrad. So what do you know? What happened in the first two uh, rounds at Latvia? Because obviously... Uh, by his standard, they were not great. And then he pulled out what he pulled out with the speed 
um, and the show in, in the third. So what, what do you know? Well, you may remember me saying that all he needs is a good qualifying because then they'll have a good cape pick, which will lead to a good start, and then they, you're away. So basically, as the oracle of all things motocross, you called it and said that all he needed was qualifying. Yep. Told you that could be the track that would turn it around for him. All he needs is a good qualifying time. Then he'll be on the inside gates, which will get him a good start no matter what. Then he'll run up front, realise he can do it. That'll change his frame of mind, and we'll be away. There we go. You're welcome. Um, one thing which I, I've been kind of like, you know, kind of driving the, the Lagenfelder bandwagon. Have you? Yes. Yeah, I, I have been. Probably in my own head. You know, obviously being 16 years old on a factory bike. and That'll stand out to you, does it? Yep. And obviously... obviously you had... in your head being 16 years old? Obviously. What is wrong with you? Well, you... That was your, that was, those were your exact what? words. Why obviously, you he stands out to me. Ha... Why do you even exact... think of these things? Your exact words were, obviously, he stands out to me in my head being a 16-year-old. Uh, and a factory rider. Obviously, 16 years old, pressure of being on a factory team. We've obviously seen that, obviously, he had a decent, decent Moto2 in, in Valkensvart. And La- Latvia didn't go particularly well for it. Yeah, but so, he's young. It's like that's, you can't expect top sevens every time. So is it too much too soon, too much pressure? Are we expecting too much? No, it's, yeah, you're, you're expecting too much. He's crazy young, never been in this position. Obviously, he's going to be inconsistent. Okay, and I'm a Basically. little bit dis- I'm a little bit disappointed with with Janelle. He nearly had that top ten. Yeah, well, will you be transferring that? Fifth- well, I'm quite happy actually because we got through Latvia without a top ten, and I'm pretty confident he won't do it at Fienza. So, will you be transferring that fifty pounds to me uh, via online payment, or would you rather do a cash exchange? Uh, no, I would like to do neither because I still believe. Okay, and also we have completely ignored the fact that not only did you bet me £50 that um, Gano would finish top 10 in an MX2 motor, you bet me £50 that Tom Guyon would finish top 10 in an MX2 motor. He's not even in an MX2 dick. You made that one up. What? You made yeah, the you bet? Made, you made that one up. That's like, that's like saying Fernandez will get a podium. What? <laughs> I don't really know what you're saying now, but you. I definitely didn't say that about Kyle. Oh, no you did. Way. No way. You did for facts. Right. Anything else you want to say about MX2, or can we now move on? Um, quick. Uh, is underrated. I've been saying that for ages, but carry on. Maybe by me. Yeah. Um. I want uh, Ferrato. You're a Ferrato believer. Yeah, he's just had a lot of nothing. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I still, I'm still seeing positive things from Nathan Crawford. Like I Me feel too. like there's stuff that can be worked with there. There's potential. Me too. There. That's starting to gather pace. I expect more from Stefan Rubini. 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 But yeah, we don't seem to be getting that. Is, but I, is that his own? It's weird because I was quite down on him after. He went straight from EMX125 to MX2 with CLS and was not great. And I was quite down on him. And then he went to EMX, he went backwards to EMX250 with Asamoto last year. And I liked what I saw. And I was like, oh, this is good. He's gone down to EMX250 and then 
this will give him the confidence he needs. He's finally going to do the proper steps. He's going to go back into MX2 and it'll, it'll be a new guy. And I've kind of not really got that so far. Mikhail Harrop is crashing. That's well done. That, that's brilliant. That's really good. I'm glad everybody sort of just tuned in to, to <laughs> Lewis's assessment of... Well, Mark Daruva gave me an assessment of Harrop, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to repeat it. <laughs> go on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Right, okay. Do we have any questions? Yeah, but I've not got them ready yet. I thought we were going to have another advert. Oh, why do we want another advert? Do want another advert? Rob's sake has said, no, we don't need another advert. Well, I haven't got the questions ready. If you can't do can... your job properly, well, why don't we just okay. save the questions till next week? No, because Leah paid for this segment, James. That's how the well, let's talk, let's talk about it. I've that. got the questions up. I'll re- instead of writing them down for I'll just I'll read them out again. Oh, freestyle. I'll, I'll read them off of social media. Okay, right then. This segment of Liat Ask Vice Anything. Did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it is highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. And on that note, as you said, they had a fantastic Latvia. Congrats, Steve King. Lewis, do you have the questions? I do. Okay, are you going to read them out and answer them? Uh, no, you can answer them as well. You're, okay. We're getting to the end of the show and you haven't got your gold star yet, so... Ah, uh, you can stick your gold star at your ass, I don't care. Hilton Guayva said, Lewis, are you going back to England to quarantine or going to Italy straight away? We don't have to quarantine. There is a travel corridor with Latvia in the UK, so no quarantine needed. Right. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks Kelton. Arjun Meester, 97. Thoughts on Tim Geiser's championship hope? The thing is, this is now sad for Geiser because the chat, like, he is better than ever this year. I will go to my grave. He, like, if you put 2019 Geiser, up against 2020 guys around Keggums, 2019 guys, I wouldn't even see him, I don't think. I do genuinely think he's that much better. And the championship standings now don't paint that picture, which sucks for him. But who knows? He, ne- he now needs help. I guess if you want to look at the positive side, is that Herlings has been in the top four every moto, but hasn't had a bad one yet. And maybe you say, well, everyone's got to have a bad one, so maybe it's going to happen soon. Or not. Well, the problem is that Herlins didn't... Well, actually, I say that. I was about to say Herlins didn't have a bad moto in 2018 because he was top three in every moto that he did, but he missed around with a broken collarbone. So there is hope. But again, you can't really rest on that. Probably don't want to say that, really, that there's hope that he might get Well, no, injured. there's hope. No, what I'm saying is there's hope for guys that some, like guys that um, Herlins can give up points here and there. He might need to reword that one. At Nick underscore two strokes says the Hoff to Yamaha? Question mark. Um, what are you saying, Lewis? What are you saying? Was there any good silly season news? If I was a betting man, I would bet on Coldenoff to Yamaha and Jonas to Gasgas. Wow. Jonas to Gasgas. That makes sense in my head. Okay. But equally, as I said last week, I don't know if Coldenoff will move because I don't know if he should because I genuinely feel like Standing construct is the most cold enough 
type team you could possibly get. Like, I feel like everything is in place there for Cold Enough to do well. And I've even heard it from other riders that that team is like, well, is like the perfect environment for a team, for a rider to kind of flourish. What, for an opportunist? That's not, that's not even a bad thing. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. But yeah, that's the, hot, the Cold Enough to Yamaha rumour is definitely the biggest one in the paddock at the moment that everyone wants to talk about. Obviously, Red Bull KTM have kind of lo- have locked up Hurlings um, and Caroli, who were the biggest free agents at the start of the year. So naturally, it's now cold enough talk. Although I, I think Geyser's contract must might be, might be up, but I don't think anyone's going to be talking about that because he'll obviously go back to Honda. Yeah, he's gonna he's got to be staying Honda, hasn't he? Who, who else are they going to get in to challenge? Next question uh, at JQ Threads: What is going on with Caroli? Injuries? Life? That's genuinely a question. Okay. Uh, well, he's just you. You were you kind of talked about earlier. He's got a couple of niggles, hasn't he? Both knees at the moment. Yeah, but again, this question makes it seem as though he's just sucking. But I think he's fine. Like I think he's like Geyser has. Okay, this is harsh. Geyser hasn't won a GP yet. He would have without his bike breaking, but Caroli has. So clearly, Caroli isn't doing that bad. Crowley is one of three riders to win a GP out of five rounds. And again. Yeah. If you if you take uh, uh, you can't really talk like this because if you it applies to everyone, but if you take Caroli's seventeenth, I think it was a seventeenth in the second moto at the first lap there out of the equation, he's clearly second in the championship. How? Well, if you take his seventeenth out of the equation and give him a tenth, then he leapfrogs Jazakonis and Geyser and is clearly second in the championship. It's not that hard. But obviously, you can't talk like that because then you, then you can say, well, you give guys a points for his bike DNF and that's him second. Like, oh, okay. I feel like I've lost you at this point. No, I'm just going with your making results up. Carry on. You're so... I, I'm, re- I'm really hoping you're going to pull something out of the bag at the end so I can award you your first um, gold star. No. no. Uh, anytime you want to talk more about the opportunities, you carry on. Om615 said, what's your opinion about the EMX Open class? I think it's quite boring in the current format. I'll tell you what, I thought about this a lot. You remember what I said about EMX Open last week? Everything I said about it. Yeah, we were saying that once it goes to different countries, it's going to get a lot more interesting. Yeah, but I also said that it's kind of like half pregnant because it's partly an MX3 class, but then it's partly like a 450 support class. Did you just say half or part pregnant? No, I said half pregnant. What? It's the same. Where's this saying come from? Oh, it's a saying. It's... I've heard it loads of places. I've... How can you be half pregnant? Anyway, that's the point. Um, I think for what I said about the no. EMX Open class last no, week... No, let's go back to half pregnant because I don't understand this because you're either I'm pregnant Googling it. or you're yeah, not. You can't be half pregnant. Point. Right. Do you want it? Phrase meaning half pregnant, an impossible state to be in because it's a black or white deal, all or nothing, often used to refer to someone who's sitting on the fence when it's impossible to do so. So this <laughs> class is kind of like teetering on the fence. It's like half in the MX3 category, but then it's half in the 450 category. Half, half in the 450 support class category. It's half pregnant. And I, I kind of just want to, I, I kind of want to put it in either side just so I can categorically say what it is. I'm, I'm happy with whatever it wants to be, but I don't know what it wants to be kind of thing. But I feel like what I said about EMX Open last Monday was the smartest thing I've ever said on this podcast. I made some brilliant points. <laughs> You're quite modest as well, aren't you? <laughs> I even, might even listen to it back just so I can hear 
the greatness for myself. Because why should just because I said it doesn't mean I need to deprive myself of that. Oh God. Okay. Um, yeah. So half pregnant. Carry on. <laughs> but what do I forget? What do I think about the class? It's fine because if it's an MX3 class, that's fine because we've got, we lost MX3. If this is that kind of reborn, that's fine. If it's a 450 support class, as in you're not good enough to be an MXGP, but this is the next best thing. Try to earn your stripes, prove yourself. That's fine too. I just want to know which one it is because at the moment it's a bit of both. But it is what it is. It's boring, like you said, it's boring to this guy because we're in the Baltics and you don't know of the, what riders who have turned up. Once we get to France, I think you'll see some recognisable names like maybe... Maxime Desprey does it. Maybe in England, maybe like I can't think of the name. Help. Maybe Jake Shipton does it, or maybe uh, no, he won't actually because Jake's injured. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just giving an example. You, you didn't know that, did you? No, I did. He's got um, numb hands. Has been dealing with it for the last year. Okay. Do underscore Do seventeen says I have one question for LP. How does a Formula One car sound like? I'm not doing that again. <laughs> that needs to be a soundbite as well. He also said thanks for all your hard work, guys from Switzerland. Nice yeah. guy. He probably meant that to me for putting up with you. Isn't it mad that people from Switzerland listen to this show? I think it's pretty mad that anybody listens to this show. It's absolutely <laughs> shocking shit show. Well, this one's been, I feel like this one's been a bit rough, but only because we've had two GPs to cram in, so it's like impossible. I think if anybody's got any good ideas of a host who could come onto the show and present it, then we should have probably have like, if you, anybody's got any suggestions, send in some tweets about who could be the new host. That'd be great. James messaged me this morning before we did a show and told me he wants help. <laughs> I, I honestly, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. I'd love to get, I'd love. I'd, this I would this love... is not fun. This is not fun, people. You don't understand what it's like working with Lewis. It's ba- for you, this is basically like everyone going to a party and talking about like something that you have no idea about, so you're just sat in the corner, <laughs> like trying to chip in where you can. But you just, like, you've gone to a party and everyone's talking about quantum physics, so you're just sat there nodding your head, trying to look like you're, trying to look like you're involved and you understand what's going on. Atoms. <laughs> Like not just just chucking in random words that make you sound knowledgeable. Like brilliant. I go like I go kegums and you go sand, and I'm like, yes, that's well done. Okay, can we we move on now? Any any more questions, or can I go? The problem is there's no one to do this pod to take your place. The only reason you're doing this podcast in the first place is we spent a year trying to come up with someone that could do it with me, and there was no one. No. No, so this is where I'm stuck. Uh, Wilhelm Anderson. Have you thought about actually kind of like maybe talking to yourself for an hour and a half where you could like ask yourself questions? That's basically oh, what it is anyway. Lewis, you what just, what with, do you think of this? Oh, oh, I don't know. I, I don't really have an opinion. Yes, I do have an opinion. <laughs> well, if you remember, I said I was going to do this after each race, didn't I, in Latvia? And I didn't because I started doing it and I just thought of that one guy who said that the sound of my voice is annoying. <laughs> it is and I lost all confidence it is annoying right come on and crack on what have we got Wilhelm Andersen says uh, predictions on this year's MX2 and MXGP champion I'm going to go with Herlins and 
Gareth. I will go Hurlings and Vial. Okay. Wager? Let's make this MX... Right, we will make this MX2 class interesting. £50, I say Vial wins the championship. Okay, I will go £100 that Gertz will win the championship. Well, how does that work? How can I bet you £50 and you bet me £100? You've got to pay me £100. Because no, you just need, you need, I may, I put the bet on the table. You just have to accept it. You can't, like, isn't that how it works? Okay, I'll give you three pounds then. What, that, that's equally not how it works. I'm offering you the bet of 50 pounds on no, the other championship. You just said that you've put 50 quid on the table. I'm putting three pounds on the table now. All right. Oh, no. If, if Gertz wins a championship, I'll give you 50 pounds. If Vial wins a championship, you give I'll me I'll give you three pounds. quid. That's not how it works. Applications okay. within. So Gosh. we're both going to put £50 in each. No. Where are you? I don't understand. You're literally hurting my head. No, because what we're trying to say is that you put £50 in because you believe for £50 that Vial is going to win, and I'm going to put my £50 into the middle that I believe that Gertz is going to win. So the winner okay, and then takes, the winner takes my... £50. No, £100. Well, no, because I already had 50 of the pounds. Yeah, but you've put it into the middle, haven't you? So you put £50 into the middle. I put £50 in. That's £100 total. Just yeah, because you invested £50. My winnings is £50 because at the end of the bet, I've only made £50 profit. I don't really know how to break this down to you. Um, I put £50 in. You put £50 in. Rob holds those two £50, which equals so what £100. what you're saying is I've made £100 because I've temporarily given up £50. So my bank account's gone minus 50 and then potentially plus 100, meaning that I've made £100 profit. Yeah, I'm really sorry for anybody who's listening to this. It's, maths is not a strong point. Motocross is just not maths. We've made, well, we've made MX2 class more interesting now because people have a reason to watch this. Formula better. One, football, films. He's never watched a Marvel film. What would that have Marvel film? Was it the first yeah. Avengers? I don't know what one it was. 20 minutes you've done. There. Uh, um, cars. Women said about women Lightning again. Um, yeah, films, yeah. music, okay. music. I mean, we didn't even discuss music. I'm quite good on travel. Not really. Um, okay. George Rollins. Yep. Said, "Do you think if for someone who really wants to leave, you're not doing you're you're doing quite a good job of delaying this?" George Rollins said, "Do you think FNH Kawasaki will be able to get a title within the next few years?" Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know though because I was going to say yeah. But Vial and Gertz are going to be around for basically just as long as Moose Dyke. Yeah, but I think you look at uh, the improvement in um, Moose Dyke and Boirame and 100%. I think they're, they're just going to get better and better. Equally, I'll tell you who is going to be really good. Who, if there's one rider who I'm now sold on after Latvia, who I didn't even really consider beforehand. Gureth? Tebow. Beniston. I don't know if you say his name, T-Bone. T-Bone? Oh! Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I've got a lot of time for T-Bone. Is that how you say it? Is that how you say it? T-Bone. T-Bone. Hey, he is T-Bone now. I'm actually going to start... I think that's how you say it. I'm going to start a Facebook group right now. Anybody wants to join me in supporting T-Bone. Just sign up. T-Bone? T-Bone. No, T-Bone. No, T-Bone, it, you, you it, said T-Bone. No, I didn't. I said T-Bone. You said T-Bone. It's spelled T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. I'm pretty yeah, sure that a French name said, like that. You said T-Bone as in a steak. You are a, no, you, I didn't. I said T-Bone. T-Bone, the steak rider. It, as in French. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. But either way, 
I think he's going to be really good after what I saw in Latvia. And I think yeah. that where I would imagine he'll take Ben's Kimia seat in MX2. Yeah, T-Bone excites but me. Where, but wherever he goes, he's going to be good. He's like, when he, I was struggling to kind of see who the next star was coming out of. Do you think he's, do you think he's raw or do you think he's, he's more well done? I think there's still a lot of potential there. So I'd have to go raw at the moment, but I think the right team can craft him into a well done rider. Okay. But you weren't expecting such a good answer, were you? No, no. I thought you were going to create a beef about that. Oh, nice question. Sue Fontes says, hey, MX Vice, have a great day. Thank you. Are you having a great day? (laughs) No. It did T-Bone cheer me up, though. (laughs) So those are questions from Instagram. Brilliant. What is more? From nine-year-old Oliver Evans, how how did Geyser's bike break last Sunday? This is from nine-year-old Oliver Evans. It was magic. Uh, The HRC said electrical problem. So it must be an electrical problem. Does that mean it started from the wheel and works its way up to the seat? I'll tell you what. Anywhere in between that. If I could figure out a fix for electrical problems in motocross bikes, I reckon I could be a a millionaire because so many teams over the years would buy that off me. Yeah, is your electrical problem fix? Good, Good question, Oliver. Thanks for sending that in. Kyle Sixteen Richards says, "Is Comrade still Actually, on his long?" Okay, hang on a minute. Brilliant. Haven't we swore all the way through the show, and then a nine-year-old just sent in a question? Yep, and he's going to have to listen to all of that to get to his answer. Oh, Jesus! You are a bad person. This is why I shouldn't be host. Yep, you're a bad person. I think I said Mother Flipper at one point as well. Kyle Sixteen Richards is Comrade still on his long-term KTM factory contract, or has that expired? It's actually a good question. The thing's expired, though. Yeah, I think that expired. It was a five-year thing, going back to 125s in 2015. Yeah, and Natsuki and Prado were on the same deal. Poo- and I'm pretty sure his five-year contract started at the same time as Pooch's, and Pooch's is up now because he's on a Kawasaki. Yeah, I think they're Yeah, it's up. It's up. Yeah. I need it's to not doubt myself. It's done. Okay. Um, I think that we'll call it there. Yes! And that was a huge thank you to Liat for that Ask Vice Anything subject. Before we leave... What? Um, you haven't managed to get a gold star. I don't want one. You can stick your However, gold star out your ass. This is, the Oliver's just texted me and he said you're a dick. So The floor is yours. It's a nine-year-old so, who thinks you're a dick. The floor is yours. I'm happy for you to talk about anything you want, but make a statement to try and convince me to give you this even strokes gold star. Okay, this was brought to you by Talon Engineering, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Kawasaki UK, Seven, and Even Strokes. Without those guys, we wouldn't be here. Uh, Speaking of Planet Moto, I forgot to mention, uh, when we had the Planet Moto bombshell of the week, Mm -hmm. my colleague here, James, said that there were dates available in October and November. And you can book those at planetmoto.co for their website. What I meant to tell James to mo- mention, which I forgot, is that if you quote MX Vice when booking that, what? Uh, you get a free t shirt. Jesus Christ. Say that name. That is the Planet Moto Bomb Shell. You get a free t shirt if you quote MX Vice when booking your trip. Uh, trips are trips available are October the 12th to October the 19th, November the 9th to November the 16th. 
November the 23rd to November the 30th. Those are the immediate trips with space. Stuff like October the 26th to November the 2nd is already sold out. I presume that's because that's in half term. Thank you to Planet Moto and all the sponsors this week. Thank you to Oliver9 for sending that uh, message in. And we will be back hopefully next week. So you really don't want to do this, the floor is yours, get your gold star. Nope, I do not. I'm happy for you to talk about anything you want. You can literally just, just make a statement. Like, this is like the X Factor. I'm sat here. I'm ready for you to make your claim for this gold star. Go. I'm James Burfield. Uh, there'll be more from T-Bone next week. And I'm off to read Yego Gert's Instagram. Bye-bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. Show.